Hello, everyone. It's Eves checking in here to let you know that you're going to be hearing two different events in history in this episode, one from me and one from Tracy V. Wilson. They're both good, if I do say so myself. On with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's November 14th. The BBC began daily radio broadcasts on this day in 1922, making it the world's oldest national broadcasting organization. Radio at this point was still relatively new. It was developed through the work of multiple inventors and engineers and businessmen at the end of the 19th century. And once people worked out how to communicate wirelessly using radio waves, it became super easy to build the receiver needed to do that. A lot of people got really interested in amateur radio, but all of this amateur use of radio quickly started to crowd out the increasingly important radio transmissions that were being used in an official capacity. For example, during World War I, civilian radio signals could overwhelm military communications. So governments started regulating amateur use of radio and passing laws about who could use radio and how, and regulating exactly what frequencies could be used for what purpose. By the 1920s, the British public was lobbying for some kind of national broadcasting service. It was inspired in part by broadcasting services that had sprung up in the United States and had already started to be developed. The amateur broadcasters in the UK had already been shut down, and regulated alternatives had been slow to develop because of the fears that the signals would interfere with more critical radio communications. In May, though, the Postmaster General announced that a national broadcaster would be authorized. And then after a series of meetings and committee discussions, the British Broadcasting Company was formed on October 19th of 1922. It would be the following January, though, before it was formally licensed. And at that point, it was already sending broadcasts. Six leading wireless manufacturers were involved in creating the original British Broadcasting Company. One of them was the Marconi Company, and the first broadcasts on this new radio service came from Marconi's studio called 2LO. This was a daily service, but it wasn't all day. The first broadcast was a news report that was provided by news agencies, and then the weather It was foggy in a lot of England that day, and London was seeing some smog. At first, a typical broadcast day was just a few hours of music, news, and weather, which eventually expanded to also include things like audio drama. And receiving the broadcast required a person to have a broadcast receiving license. More than a million of these licenses were issued before that very first day of broadcasting even happened. The British Broadcasting Company was, as its name suggests, a company, but it reorganized in 1927 to be more like the public corporation that it is today. We don't know very much about how listeners really responded to the first few years of daily broadcasting from the BBC because audience research didn't start until 1936. BBC television service also began in 1936 on August 26th. The BBC actually adopted television a lot quicker than it had adopted radio. 
And now, of course, it's known as just the BBC. Although, in a lot of minds, including mine, it still stands for British Broadcasting Company, or maybe British Broadcasting Corporation, at least in people's heads. Thanks very much to Eve's Jeffcoat for her research work on today's podcast, and thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this show. You can subscribe to this day in history class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts, and you can tune in tomorrow for an incredibly destructive march. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Eves, and you're listening to This Day in History Class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. The day was November 14, 1817. Seamstress and spy Policarpa Salavarieta was executed for high treason. Salavarieta was born somewhere in the Viceroyalty of New Granada, which included present-day Colombia sometime in the early to mid-1790s. Because her birth certificate has never been found, exactly when she was born and what her legal given name was is unclear. Apollonia, Apollinaria, and La Pola are all names that have been used to refer to her, but Policarpa is the name she used later in life and that she's best remembered by today. When she was young, her family lived in Guaduas and Bogota. Little is known about her early life, but it's likely that the family was well off considering the appearance of her childhood home in Guaduas. In 1802, while the family was living in Bogota, a smallpox epidemic caused the death of her parents and two of her siblings. The tragedy caused the family to break apart as the oldest child, Catarina, went back to Guaduas with Policarpa and their brother. They lived with relatives there until Catarina got married and took Policarpa and their brother with her. Policarpa lived in the Viceroyalty of New Granada during a time known as La Patria Boba, which means the foolish fatherland. The period from 1810 to 1816 was marked by conflict over government and instability. Though many details of this time in her life remain unconfirmed, it's known that she was a seamstress and also may have been a teacher. When the family she worked for moved to Bogota, she went along with them. By the time she got to Bogota in 1817, Policarpa was taking part in revolutionary activities. Bogota was a stronghold in the Spanish reconquest of New Granada, and royalist agents and soldiers abounded in the city. Policarpa was daring, and she began spying for the revolutionary forces. She stayed with Andrea Ricuarte de Lozano, who provided her home as a base of intelligence gathering and resistance. She and other women in her circle would gather information in drawing rooms and taverns. They would urge patriots forced into joining the Royalist Army to desert. They sewed uniforms and collected money, and they organized wagon transportation. Bibiano, Policarpa's brother, also assisted her in revolutionary activities. They recruited more people to join the revolutionary cause. But Policarpa was under suspicion by the royal bureaucracy, and she was soon captured and questioned. Authorities found documents that incriminated Policarpa, including letters that she had signed and given to soldiers urging them to join the Patriots. One man, reportedly her lover, was arrested with a list of royalists and Patriots that she had given him. After a court-martial was held in Bogota in November, Policarpa and several other defendants were sentenced to be executed by firing squad. 
Her execution was set for the morning of November 14, 1817. She has since been honored as a heroine in Colombia's fight for independence. In 1967, Colombia declared November 14th the Day of the Colombian Woman in honor of Policarpa Salavarrieta. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can find us on social media at TDIHC Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email still works. Send us a note at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.